0: Hello and welcome to episode sixty-two of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP and join me as always and load it up on coffee. Is League Freak? You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you doing, mate? I'm doing really, really well.
1: Um, I just finished a baking lesson with Sean Lane, and uh, yeah, we've we've been doing really good. Um, he's very good at kneading the the bread. Um, the dough? I keep on... Well, the dough, yeah, I guess it's dough before it's bread, but I keep on having to lend him flour.
0: He does like a bit of flour.
1: Yeah, don't we all? I love flour. Give me anything with carbs in it. Carbs and coffee, that's all I want. Well, there's some other things that I want, but we won't mention that. Yeah.
0: Does he like to put some icing sugar on his bread as well?
1: Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I know that, uh, you know what's really good in bread is if you get olives and really good cheese, and you put that through it, and then
0: you bake it, oh, yeah. Nice.
1: Mm, I've got a, I've got a good metabolism. I can eat this sort of shit, and I'll get fat. Fair enough.
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just right. eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I say that like I eat lots of homemade bread. It's all fucking a porto that I eat anyway. So. That's right.
0: Day in, day out.
1: Have you ever?
0: Maybe you should have a Porto infused bread.
1: Just get like a Porto and mash it into like some some dough and then bake. That would be the greatest bread ever.
0: Exactly. There you go, Porto. You need to get involved. Yeah. Um, We're making creations here. That's right. Uh, Today we're going to look at the 2019 NRL NRL fans poll. Mm. And it states here. uh, Your chance to cast your vote on the biggest issues in the Telstra Premiership. Big issues. Wow. Well, this is um, going to be interesting. I'm assuming that matters such as concussion, um, the barrage of negative media, um, Mm -hmm. that'll all get mentioned here, as well as the off-season dramas and stuff like that, because they're the big issues. So I'm sure that'll all get discussed here. I'm looking forward to seeing those questions in this poll. Exactly. So the first big question... Now,
1: we we should, we should explain to people. You've done the poll, right? I'm about to do the poll myself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm playing a little bit blind in this, but it's going to be interesting because we'll get the results out of it and we'll talk about what the results are for each question and it's going to be good fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be kind of like sale of the century. Yeah, yeah. I know except, the answers uh, and you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're basically... Uh, you're Tony Barber and I'm Elise Platt.
0: That's very fitting, yes. Yeah. Um this, that's a reference that no one no one under the age of thirty is gonna get that one. No. Who was
1: the other one? The one before her. Oh, I can't remember.
0: At least that was the other one I remember.
1: Yeah. I was just I couldn't I can't even picture her. I just know one them.
0: Anyway.
1: Yeah. Um okay, so the first big issue is which Tilsha Premiership team do you support? Okay. So obviously they've named every single team. Yep. And they've so I'm gonna put in Panthers, right? Yep. But they've also named um, I don't support a team. That's so right. let's so I'm gonna vote and the results. So they don't do it in, in uh order of like who's
0: at the top. No, no. It's just that's yeah. you know, so that would have been too busy. That's right. So the team that's got the um most number of supporters is the Roosters at 11% of the vote. Hang on, can I just...
1: uh, I need to say something across the room. Can I just do this?
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: Bullshit! Okay, I'm
1: back. (laughs) I'm back.
2: Yeah. The Roosters
1: are the most supported team in the NRL. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Followed by the Broncos and the Storm. Yeah. See, yeah. well,
1: I've I've seen things where that say the Storm and the Broncos are two of the highest supported sports clubs in Australia. So that doesn't
0: surprise me. Mm. The Roosters are eleven percent given their crowd sizes. Interesting. Yes. Um, Only else that's interesting is the number of people who don't support a team is exactly the same number as percentage wise as those who support the Titans at one percent. That's pretty funny, eh? <laughs>
1: Can you imagine being the Titans and looking at this, though? Because, like, the next one is the Panthers at 3%. Now, that's pretty low, I believe. Um, But when you take it in context with everyone else, like, I don't know. I I just feel as though these results seem off, pretty badly off as well. Yeah. Like, the Sharks
0: have 4%. I, I don't, I don't think so. I oh, know they member basically grow a fair bit after the after the grand final.
1: Do you reckon that the okay? Here is one: the Warriors six percent, like they've got nearly a whole country. Yeah, it's, it's a bit sad. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me anyway. No, okay. The, the Knights five percent, like Newcastle fans would flood this thing, and there is only five percent of Knights fans.
0: Yeah. That's going on there. That's my daughter singing in the background. Nice. Okay, the next big issue is uh who's been the best player in twenty nineteen? Well, there's some
1: interesting uh names here. Uh Payne Haas is here, uh Cameron Murray, Jason Talmalolo. Damian Cook. Do you remember who you picked for this one? I do. Okay, I look the best player. I can't go past Jason Tomlala. Yeah, that's who
0: I went with as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the end, though, mm-hmm. the, the player who got the uh, the most votes, and he dominated it, was James Tedesco, who was 45%. And that, you know what, fair enough. He's been sublime this year. Yeah, um, he's been incredible. But to see that Jason Tomlala has a smaller percentage than the likes of Cameron Murray... Payne Haas, know, so. um, John Bateman. Ugh, that which is ridiculous. Um, I mean, I don't know what what people are watching because I I watch
1: Jason Tamalolo every week religiously, um, and I I think that there's, I feel like there's probably four standout players in the NRL who, and that's not to say everyone else is crap. But I feel like there's four players that I watch and I'm like, holy crap, they're good. Um Jason Tamalolo, I think is the best of the bunch. Yep. You know, he's doing stuff
0: right now that is historic. Exactly. Game changing. Who are your other yeah. three who are your other three brilliant players? Well,
1: Roger Chuavasa Shek, I think is once again, I watch him play, and I'm like, man, this guy is something else. He's he's basically the complete player. Um, James Tedesco, it, it, but the same sort of thing. You watch him, and it's unbelievable. I would say that uh, the other ones that I watch probably it, Cameron Smith, but it's he's a bit of a different player. It's not like he's doing the um, the flashy I like real stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the other one for me is Munster. I think yeah. that Munster <laughs> is like. I mean he's unbelievable. He's crazy
0: good. Yeah, he's got freaky talents, that kid. Mm. Um okay, the next big issue. <laughs> who has been the best coach in twenty nineteen?
1: Well, I mean that's okay, so are we going for who is the best coach or who has done the best coaching job, do you reckon? I
0: don't know, it says who has been the best coach? Um <sighs> I I went with John Morris given the turmoil that went on in the off season and how he came into that role, given yeah. he had no preparation as a head coach there, he had a roster he couldn't change. He's brought through a huge amount of great young talents there. And you think of the some of the young kids he's brought through like Bronson Cherry, uh, Britton Akora. Um, you know, there's just two that stand there straight away. Plus, he's got a whole group of others that are just on the cusp of coming through soon. William Kennedy. Um Ronaldo Miller I think his surname's pronounced. Um plus there's some others there too. They're all coming through. He's he's done that. And mm. there's still there's still a strong chance of finishing in the finals as well, which is remarkable. Oh, man, look
1: I okay, here's here's my thing. I think that he's probably would be my coach of the year uh at the moment. But I think the coach that has done something that I think is ridiculous and that they he, they've got no right to be where they are is Michael Maguire. I think that you look at the situation he was also left with. It was uh, I mean it was kind of like a disgrace to be honest with you. He come in late. Um, I think and we've talked about it a few times. He's probably got the second worst talented roster in the NRL, and I think the fact that they're even a shout with. Of making the NRL finals is just unbelievable, really. So I would say he has done the best coaching job, um, and and I guess just ahead of Morris because Morris probably had more to work with in terms of you know I mean he's got the likes of Gallen, Graham, you know he's got some very very good players. Where the best players in the West Tigers team, are Benji and and Robbie and. Uh, I mean, after that, it's it's pretty barren. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, two two good picks there. In the end, Craig Bellamy's got the vote here at twenty nine percent, with Des Hasler at twenty eight, just behind, and Ricky Stewart on twenty. Yeah,
2: it's um, interesting. It's interestingly Stewart, I...
0: enough, there's two coaches there with zero percent, and that's <laughs> Paul Green and Paul McGregor. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, and then you consider Stephen Kearney's at one percent. Yeah. Why is it three? Ivan Cleary is at one percent.
1: Brad Arthur is at four percent. The luckiest coach in the NRL. And John Morris is at one percent. Dean pays at one percent.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, next big issue. Who's been the best <laughs> fullback in twenty nineteen? Best
1: fullback. Okay, so. I would personally go with Roger Chua-Vasashek.
0: Well, he has come equal third. Wow. With Tom Trubojevic, pipped by Charles Nicol Klockstad and all three of them flogged by James Tedesco. Tedesco SL. got 62% of the vote. Nicol Klockstad had nine. RTS and Trubojevic both had eight, with Ponga at six.
1: I like Dylan Edwards and Matt Moylan, both 0%. That's pretty funny.
0: Um, Interesting enough, Corey Thompson, Jerome Hughes, and Clint Gutherson all have 2%. Mm. Just leave that there. Um, (laughs) Next big issue is who has been the best winger in 2019? Man, this is a tough one, hey? Because
1: personally, I would say... Josh Ado Car, but yeah. but then that's because Blake Ferguson has probably fallen away a little bit just because of his injuries.
0: Um, so yeah, I would go Josh Ado Car for that one. Yeah, he's he got my vote too. He's at twenty four percent. I think he's um he started out as just someone who could run really fast, but his ball handling and his passing and stepping and all that sort of stuff has really come along in the last two years.
1: Yeah, and especially this year, he's looking for way more work this year as well up yeah. in the middle of the field. And I think that that's something where he's uh, that's the next step that he needed to take to be a truly elite winger, and he's done that. And you know, coming off of um, quick, if he can get a quick play the ball out of somebody in that team on a on a kick return, he gets in a, around the
0: ruck, and he's deadly. Exactly. Um. The next big issue is who's the best centre of the year? Man. Um, You're going to love this one. Yeah, this
1: is difficult. Look, because there's been a few a few centres that haven't played great or that have had up and down seasons. I, I still, I've still got to go with Latrell Mitchell. Hey, I think he's still the best centre
0: in the NRL. Yeah. Has he been the best in 2019, though? I think that's, overall... That's, that's, that is what the question is, after all. <laughs> I, I think overall he has been, yeah. Okay. I voted for Bronson Cherry.
1: He was my next one. Yeah. He was my second one. Cause he, and it's he's had mostly good performances. I, I think he's had one game where he's been a bit so-so, um, which is crazy because it's his first year. But outside of that, he's been either... Solid
0: or just ridiculous. But
1: the Whereas thing I, I like about it...
0: Ben, I was going to say, the thing I like about him is the fact that he's already starting to evolve his game and make it um, better and better in the last mm-hmm. few weeks, which you're not expecting a young bloke to do until their second or third year. You know, expecting him just to be a bit of a, a one trick pony early on, but he's already making those changes. He's looking for more ball. He's running better lines. He's getting more involved in the play. I think the kid's an absolute gun. Can you think of
1: a, a young pure centre that at this age was developing into a representative player this quickly that you've
0: seen? Probably Inglis. But he's yeah. Just sort of, and... He's just moved around an awful lot when he first started. Like He's a bit on the wing, a bit of fullback, a bit of 5'8", and he didn't really get to settle in a certain position. But it also showed just how versatile and how much of a freak of a talent he was
1: yeah it's weird, like i the only other player that really jumps out at me is somebody like and he started off on the the wing um e t yeah, where it was like out of the box you were like, this guy's going to be a rep player for a long
0: time um, yeah it's it's crazy how good he is at this age, wow, where... that's right, so Latrell mitchell got the got the vote here thirty one percent second. Mm was uh, with 20% was Jared Croker. The turnstile. These people (laughs) must have
1: only watched 50% of his game because he's money in the bank for opposition teams. He's so bad (laughs) defensively. He's the worst defensive player in the NRL.
0: Yeah, um, I was surprised his vote was that high. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bronson Cherry was third with 11%, which is not bad for a rookie in his first year.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Michael Jennings One, got 2%. I feel like Michael
0: Jennings' legs are gone on him, eh? Yeah. All right, next big issue. Mm. Who's been the best 5-8 in 2019? Cameron Munster. That's easy. Yep. Yeah, I had him as well. Surprisingly, he only got 39% of the vote. I thought he'd dominate this further. But um, Luke Keery got 17%. Um, Maloney and Whiten are both on 11 Benji Marshall, 8%, and Cody Walker, 7%. I think Milford had 1%. That's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, like... I was so going say Michael Morgan and Cody Nicarima also only had 1%. It's kind of weird. Tyron Roberts,
1: 0%. That sucks. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, this could... This should be the second... Biggest one, I think, in terms of first to second. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. 39% is a bit
0: surprising. Okay. Next big issue. Who's been the best halfback in 2019? Man, it's a bit of a difficult
1: one, I reckon. Um, you can't say Kronk because he's been injured so much. Oh, man. Well, he did come
0: second with 17%.
1: Okay. Look, for me, I would say, and I haven't voted yet. If I had to go with the most consistent,
0: you know what? I I, I can't go past Cherry Evans. That's, That's who far. I went with, and he yeah. he won with thirty two percent.
1: Oh, there you go. Listen. I was going. You know
0: the who I was going to? It was between him and Brody Croft. Yeah. Um. I'm surprised with some of these numbers that are on here, though. So, DC got 32%. Cronk, 17 Mitchell Pierce, 14%. Crazy. Mitchell Moses, 12%. <laughs> Adam Reynolds, 9%. Um, Luke Brooks, Nathan Cleary, both on three, mm-hmm. and, along with Brody Croft. Um, Townsend, Caesar, both at 2%. Ben Hunt, Blake Green, 1%. Yeah, Blake Green,
1: it's funny, Blake Green has gone from a reserve-grade player who's in
0: first grade because he steadies the ship to just a flat-out reserve-grade player this year. Yeah. All right. The next big issue is who's been the best lock in 2019? Jason Tamalilo. Should be 100%. That's who I picked. He's actually got 23% and runs second to Jake Trebojevic on 28. No. Cameron That's... Murray's third on 19 Oh yeah. no, that's ridiculous. People don't know what they're looking at. Honestly, I think Jake Troborovic with twenty percent of the vote would be accurate so long as Jason Tormalolo has the other seventy two percent. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, yeah, they that's are, crazy. They are the two leading locks in the game, there's no question about that. But mm. I'd have thought Tormalolo would have been streets ahead. Yeah, Tomalolo is an all-time... There's nothing
1: against Jake Trebojevic. Great player, but Telmalolo is like an all-time great. Um, I think maybe people are missing what he is doing because it's not close. He's the best forward in the game. I think he's the best player in the game. Um, wow, that's insane to me.
0: Yes, well, speaking of insane... <laughs> <laughs> the next big issue is who has been the best second rower in 2019
1: hmm okay i'm looking at the list okay That's quite a list to choose from too it is a pretty decent list um what this reminds me a little bit of the centers hey in terms of all of these players all of the good ones that i'm looking at have had up and down seasons they've you know, or they've had injuries or they've had form differences. I would probably go with um, – man, it's difficult. I'm going to go with – fuck. This is difficult. This is really difficult. I can't go with Boyd cordner I think he's been pretty average this year. Matt Gillette has been average. Um, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with out because he's a Panthers, Panthers player and I think he's been the most destructive second rower in the NRL. Um, he's not ideal, he's not perfect, but I think when he's on the field, it's just a horror show for the opposition.
0: Yeah, I went with uh, Wade Graham. I know he hasn't played okay. much this year, but yep. when he has played, he's been... Un, unstoppable.
2: Yeah, yeah up tries, I, I great runs.
0: Yeah, I just think he's the best in the game um, as as a second rower. Um, surprisingly, though, twenty eight percent of the vote went to John Bateman.
1: I wish I could go to the other side of the room and vomit. Well, I'd Um I
0: Boy, I'm not that Boyd can, I'm not that committed. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boyd Corden was second at eleven percent. Um Ryan Madison, who has had a stunning year, was third with uh, equal third with 7% alongside Sam Burgess.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Tyson Frizzell, 5%. Um, he's had a, a bit of a weird year. Um, he's had injuries, and I mean, he's playing in a beaten side. Uh, and I think at times he has let his form drop, which is really disappointing. Um, but yeah, the, the, this list reminded me of um, the second uh, the centres. Sorry, in terms of in of the elite players, none of the elite players have had a real like start to finish solid
0: year, in my opinion. Mm. All right, uh, next big issue is who's been the best prop of twenty nineteen.
1: Uh, Josh Papali. I think that's pretty straightforward. I think he's had
0: the best year of his career. He's been sensational. Well, see, I was debating between the, the, the three guys who actually ended up being the top three voters. I ended up going with Payne Haas because I just thought okay. at 19, doing what he's done is insane. Oh, um, it
2: really
0: is. And he got 20% of the vote topped it. Um, Papali was second with 15 and Clemmer was third on 14%. Mm-hmm.
1: Look, I I I'm, I wouldn't argue with it, any of those top three. I think no. that you can't go wrong with any of them. I personally go with Papali, but I can definitely see the other two
0: as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Next big issue is who's been the best hooker in 2019? Man, oh, I would go with Cameron Smith.
1: I think,
0: I think he's... He... Yeah. I agree. Right. I think I think he has been the, the top hooker this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I end up voting for Robbie Farrer. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's been Farrah's best year, hey? It's, it's it's up there. It's been one of his best ones, absolutely. Mm. Um, Damian Cook, though, won the vote with 39%. Cameron Smith on 33 And Josh Hodson was third with 9%. Yes. Uh, Mahoney and Farrah had four.
1: I tell you what, Mahoney's playing pretty, pretty well the
0: last month,
1: hey? Yeah. yeah. When they were talking him up earlier this year, because... We talked about him, and I didn't see it. I didn't see what, you know, everyone was talking about with him. But the last
0: month, he's been really good. Really has. Uh, okay, next big issue is who's the best player under the age of 22? Oh, my God. This is this is the most
1: difficult one so far. Um, I would probably... Oh man, I could I could pick five players and then argue with myself. I'm going to go with
0: Ponga. Yeah, I went Ponga as well. Um, and he got he ended up winning with 27. percent Payne mm-hmm. Haas was second with 19, and Cameron Murray was third with 16. With Bronson Cherry and Victor Radley, and Ryan Pappenheim,son all behind them. Yeah, it man, how how lucky are we in rugby
1: league? Like, all of those players, um, just unbelievable youngsters. Like, David Fafita, it's crazy when you watch him play and you forget that he's a teenager.
2: Mm. It's
1: crazy.
0: Kids are a beast. Yeah. Um. The next big issue is who has been the best rookie in 2019?
1: Mm, okay, I would go... I mean, this, is gonna, this has been
0: difficult... I, I would go with Bronson Sherry. Yeah, I went with Bronson Sherry as well. And you end up coming second with 14%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Payne Haas got 33%. Hard to argue. And I think the way they
1: do rookies is it's like it, it's not your, from your first game. It's
0: like your first full season or something, isn't it? Yeah, so long as you played no more than three games previous, then yeah. but something like that anyway. Yeah. Um, who has been the buy of the year?
1: I think Chance, Nickel, Klogstad has been the buy of the year by the length of the straight. I think that's, for me, that was a simple, easy one. I think his Camper is probably their best player. And I think these, one of the reasons why they've gone so well this year.
0: Yeah. I can't argue with that. I did though go with, uh, Ryan Madison at the Tigers. Yep, the stats he's been punching out this year—he's basically carrying that hole and Tiger uh, Tigers' right-hand side attack and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't go past him. He actually came equal fourth. So Blake Ferguson was third with eleven percent. Yep. John Bateman was second with twenty-five, and Nickel Clockstead had thirty. Yeah,
1: and I'm glad that he's getting the recognition for it too. Because, like, and I still remember Canberra's first game, and he just hit the ground running. Like he, from his first game to his last game, it's been the same level of just great play. Um, and so I'm really glad that he's getting the recognition for it.
0: Yeah. Uh. Okay. Next one. Next biggest issue is who is the NRL's hardest hitter, which is a bit of a tough one because. We're not out there being tackled. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and, and let's be honest, every single name listed here will never, ever hold a candle to the hardest hit that's ever played the game, and that's Nigel Plum. I thought you were going to say Aaron Woods. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... the yeah, There's no one on this list that I look at and I'm like... Oh, yeah, he just destroys players. Um, if I had to pick somebody, mm-hmm. I would probably go... Oh, man, this is difficult. It's real difficult. I don't know, maybe, maybe Marty Tapao. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with him.
0: I went with Wade Graham. Yep. Uh, in the end, though, the vote went to Victor Radley with 17%, followed by Sam Burgess on sixteen.
1: Okay. I think the thing about Radley, like, Radley does put on hits, but I think the fact that he's a smaller forward probably works against him, Hey, Although, yeah. when you think about it, like, uh, what was the name of that halfback? And I always forget his name that used to just axe players. He used to play for the Tigers, played for... um. Oh, Lincoln uh, Withers? That's the one. And size didn't stop him from just pole-axing
0: players. Yeah. Um. The next big issue is who is the most improved player in twenty nineteen? Uh it's hard to go past Nicole Klogstad, really, isn't it? Uh, I went with Curtis Serenan. Oh yeah, that's a good one actually. Yeah, I think I like you look at where he's been for his whole career and compare it to mm-hmm. this year. He mm-hmm. is streets ahead this year. Uh, he's on another he's on another level right now compared to any other time in his career. Yeah, and he's start. He, I mean, he's got to be
1: starting to push towards fringe New South Wales. Um, yeah, if he
0: if he keeps his form up, he's going to be in the discussion next year. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Uh, and like, you know, thank goodness for Trent Barrett because it's all him. He's, yeah, it's all he's it's all he's doing. Yeah. Um, Clockstead though got twenty seven percent and topped this one with Jack White at sixteen. I think White has improved this year.
1: Hey, I think he's. Gone from being. I think the thing that is standing out for me this year is that he's become much stronger, or he's learned to use his strength because he's just he's such a handful when he runs the ball.
0: I think too, um, he doesn't have the responsibility of being a fullback. I think one of the problems he had there was um, he wasn't he wasn't great as a playmaker, so to speak. And it seems odd that putting him at 5'8 was going to help that, but he's been able to work more on his on his passing game and his kicking game than if he would have been. Then when he would have been able to do it fullback, and it's helped helped him evolve as a player. But he's still got that explosive ball running. He runs like a bloody second rower. Yeah, it's crazy, and I think that. And I can't remember
1: the player. I think it was Sean Johnson. We were talking about this. It's like Ricky Stewart said to him, "Forget everything else." don't worry about kicking. Don't worry about passing. If you get the ball and you feel like you've got something in front of you, just run it as hard as you can. And I feel as though that's what he's been doing this year and it's been sensational for him. And I think that that's what Sean Johnson needed to start doing. And to his credit, he has in the last week or so um, and let Townsend do all of the playmaking duties.
0: Yeah. Uh, Third on this list was Mitchell Moses and... The only thing I can think of that Moses has improved on this year is his goal-kicking.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really think that there's anything that I look at his game and, and see improved either.
0: It's like... But people talk about, about his moments. high number of... Uh, his high number of try and stuff like that. But when there's no, really no other creators in the side, of course you're going to have a lot of trices.
1: I saw a tweet you retweeted last night... <laughs> And I I couldn't even reply to it because I knew if I did, it would descend, and <laughs> I because and on because of me, like I just couldn't reply to it. Um, and it was somebody saying that Mitchell uh, Mitchell Moses, sorry, has been better this year as a halfback than Cooper Cronk.
0: Yeah, I, I did respond to that. I saw. I thought I was you showing, did really well. I was showing all of the stats how Moses is possibly one of the most underrated halves in the game and how his stats outshone um, Cooper Cronks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I'll post something along the lines of um, win percentage, number of premierships, and value for money. And Cooper Cronks shits all over him in those three areas. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. I just didn't want there
0: to be an argument, you know. I didn't feel Trust like it cr- last night. I didn't get a single argument. I just could have people agreeing to it with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah i to argue that. Um, exactly. The next big issue, who will win the 2019 Grand Final?
1: Well, I've gone with West Tigers here. Um, Surprisingly,
0: no. they've got 3% of the vote somehow.
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh,
0: you've got to go with the Storm. Yeah, I went with the Storm. They're at 35%. Uh, the so Roosters that. are second at 23% and the Raiders are 15% with Manly and South just behind them. Surprising about the Raiders. Yeah. The other thing surprising is Newcastle and Penrith and the Warriors all have 1%. It's, I'm
1: just looking. They haven't listed everyone, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, it's, it makes sense, but it's still pretty funny.
0: <laughs> the next big issue, who is the favourite team to beat?
1: Ooh, this is a good one. Well, I mean, and this is subjective to everyone. Um, so as a, a Panthers supporter, I love it when we flog the
0: soulless franchise from the eastern suburbs. <laughs> well, they were second at 18%. Okay. The Storm, the storm ch- Charts at 35%. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I voted for Parramatta mm-hmm. for no real reason. Maybe just because I like seeing Mitchell Moses cry. And, <laughs> and also for the fact that they've dicked the Tigers twice this year. Yeah, I, I get that. How about 1%
1: said Titans? Who the fuck is like pumped <laughs> when they beat the Titans? The
0: Dragons? Yeah. The Bulldogs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were too. Oh, the poor Dragons fans. Like they were. I saw them retweeting um, news articles that some of them from, I think, the Illawarra Mercury, where it was like the headlines were dragons get back in form with win and they were <laughs> blowing up. They were like, we let in 28 points to the Titans. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, that was woeful. Yeah, um, the next big issue, who should be the next immortal? And for me, it was absolutely no one on the list. Yeah, uh, look, oh, man the next immortal for me is Duncan Thompson and to be honest he should have been in there years ago
1: yeah I, I agree with you on that 100% if I had to just go off this list and there's I'll, I'll name them there's Peter Sterling Steve Rogers Ron Coot, Darren Lockyer, Brad Fittler Brad Clyde Gene Miles uh, Brian Bevan Ken Irvine Glenn Lazarus Alan Langer Shane Webkey, and Steve Mortimer um, if I had to pick one, I would say Darren Lockyer. Mm. And that's just off the list. That's just off this list. I'm not going to yeah. put in
0: another name. If I'm picking someone from this list, I'm probably going to go with Brian Bevan. Mind you, yeah. I'm a bit, I'm a bit uncertain on that one because I don't know if I should be picking someone who only played about six games in Australia. So maybe Ken Irvine. I'll go with Ken Irvine.
1: Well, and. You know what? Here's the thing. Ken Irvine's try scoring record is just ridiculous.
0: Especially but if you can Brian... say he played in a side that
1: very rarely played in the finals as well. Yeah, exactly. And and then you have Brian Bevan who went over to England and just, I mean, hes he, the records he set are just uh, crazy. Like, yeah. there's no words for it. But tries and points over in England have always been like confetti. They're like gold medals in swimming. It's like everyone gets one so yeah. and if you've you know you're only good if you've really got fourteen of them, so there's that that goes against him but yeah i, I would have to probably if I was picking off that list, I'd probably have to go like
0: fair enough now we're on to the off field matters now that we've done mm-hmm. all the big issues on the field excellent. We've covered all Cocaine those. Cocaine
1: questions coming up.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So here we go. Big issue. What is your favourite time slot to watch football games?
1: Well, it's between Monday, 4 p.m. No, nah, it's got to be like, you know what? My favourite time slot isn't even here. Sunday, 3 p.m. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go Sunday, 2 p.m.
0: I went with Saturday, 5.30. And Okay. The one that everyone voted for was, or 30% majority was Friday, 8 p.m. Ah, horrible. Followed by by Sunday, 4 p.m. and Saturday, 7.30 p.m.
1: How could anybody like an 8 p.m. game on a Friday night where you're not leaving the stadium until 10?
0: Yeah, got me beat. Craziness. What that says to me is that's a whole lot of people sitting at home watching TV. Exactly. That's what that is. Yep. Um, Next big issue. Where would you prefer to watch final series matches?
1: Suburban grounds,
0: bigger stadiums, or don't care? Mm. And I went with don't care. I
1: am going to go with... I'm going to go... See, this isn't really too much of an issue like it used to be. I guess suburban grounds, you're really only talking about a few teams, Penrith being one of them. And as a Panthers fan, I think to move a Panthers home game, home final, to Parramatta Stadium is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm going to go with suburban ground.
0: Fair enough. That actually headed the poll with 41%. stadium. Biggest stadiums was 34 and don't care was 25 Okay, that's – Yeah. I see that. (laughs) Here comes here comes some issues which have been dictated to by the media. Okay. Okay. How should the referees bunker be used? More, less, the same. Less. Yes, that's what everyone said. Fifty five percent. Excellent. That's what fifty five percent people said anyway. I said the same. Twenty six percent. I don't think it's. I don't think it's made anything better or or I I don't think it's made anything worse. I think it's it's fine as it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I get that. I'd go with the same as well, just as long as it's
0: not used more. Yeah. Um, Should sin bins be used for foul play? Uh, Man, I don't care. Don't care, got 4%. Yep. Yes, got 88%. (sighs) Bring back the bin. Wow. Okay. Um, how would you rate the referees' performances in 2019? I would say, I would say good. And yeah. the reason I don't go very good
1: is because I think that the NRL has got weak knees over some of the stuff they've read in the media, and I think that it's it it, it hasn't affected the. Referee's performances But I think that what they have to apply To the game because of that Is not
0: ideal Exactly, it's made their job harder Yeah, yeah, that's an easier way to say it Yeah (laughs) Um, I also went with good And not surprisingly, it got 9% Very good Mm got 1% The top ones were Below average, 35% Poor, 29% And acceptable, 26% You Mm -hmm. cannot tell me that these are not responses dictated by the constant barrage that the media puts on referees.
1: Yeah, that, and, like, that's... I was going to say, like, for you and me, because you're a West Tigers fan, I'm a Panthers supporter, I can honestly say the referees have not had any effect on where we're at in the season. What about your team?
0: I don't think they've affected any any team season. Yeah. And I'd, I'd even argue that they've they've barely ever affected the result of a match. When you think that they probably call, what, 13 to 15 penalties in a game? Mm. And I would say at least 90% of them are going to be correct. Yeah, the only times I
1: I can think of, like in the NRL, I can think of two games that I've ever watched where I've been like, oh, the referees have really killed this game. And there was one that was a big contest night It might have been between the Panthers and Parramatta Eels and they were both pretty good at the time and it was about maybe 12 years ago or something. It was a Friday night game. Everyone was looking forward to it and that night, for whatever reason, the NRL just did a snap crackdown on uh, infringements in the tackle and it just killed the contest, like this big anticipated contest. The only other one I can remember is there was a Panthers game and this might have been like and. Four, I think Where we played the It could have been 2003 even Where we played the Dragons And I feel like we got Screwed over with some terrible Decisions and that's it That's the only ones I can really think of
0: Yeah um, For me I think the only one I can really think of was um, The 1989 Grand Final <laughs> Yeah <laughs> What the only, happening? the only ever penalty for not playing in the spirit of the game because Bill Harrigan didn't want to admit he made a fucking mistake. Um, God damn! At and least he admits it now, aye. Eh? No, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: He, I'm sure nah. I've
0: seen him say that he got it wrong. No, no, he he holds firm. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, the other one was there's two others, and one was one of the very first ever Golden Point games. Back in 2004, I think it was. And it was the Tigers versus South. And the referee didn't stop play after the first five minutes when no points had been scored. And from the very first set after that five-minute play, South kicked a field goal when it should have been the other way around and South should have been kicking off to the Tigers. Yeah. That cost the Tigers the win there. Um, And the other one was another golden point game, I think, between Brisbane and the Tigers last year at the start of the season. And they had that weird, the Broncos had that weird blocking thing protecting their, their kicker who kicked the penalty goal or some shit. I don't know what it was. I don't remember um, that one. And the Brisbane won 9 7. But at the end of the day, if you had given that win to the Tigers, they're still four points outside the eight, so it doesn't matter. And they still finish yeah. ninth. Yeah, I, <laughs> where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, love it there. It's um,
1: cozy. We should just call it the they finish in West Tigers. instead of calling it ninth. Um, You know, there was a game I just remembered. Remember uh, the game, and it was Sharks versus North Queensland, and I can't exactly remember what happened in it, but I remember after that game, like, everyone was infuriated.
0: I think that was was a a seven-tackle set or something like that.
1: That's it. That's
0: what it was. Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, it was a seven-tackle set. That actually led to my most liked tweet ever um i said and it was something like the the cowboys have got screwed and just that that one went off but yeah that's the only other one that really stands out to me
0: yeah so there you go we managed to find what 5 6 times the referees have been diabolical to a match result since 1989 yeah there you go Not bad. move on move on people <laughs> um, the match review committee judiciary Do you think the match review committee process is fair?
1: Okay, so they go into the process knowing what the charge is, how long they may be out for if they win, if they lose, sorry, how much they would be out for if they take an early guilty plea. They're allowed to have legal representation. They're allowed time to put together their case. How more fair is it supposed to be?
0: Exactly right. I said what, yes. What it, yeah, I said yes as well. Yeah, seventy-seven percent said no. Oh, and what? You know why? Why? Because they simpletons who've got. They saw the words match review committee and went no, no, no.
1: They didn't read yeah. the question. <laughs> uh, like, how much? What else are they supposed to do for the player?
0: Yeah. That, whether like the whether the, the whether the you know, I think they're they're criticising the judiciary with that comment, not the match review committee. Anyway,
1: and they're also um. forgetting the days of like the players turning up, not having any idea what they were in for, right? And then they come out of there, and it was just like it was literally people just making up a a number. Of, on the fly about how many weeks they were supposed to send on, spend on the sideline.
0: Yeah. Was like it, door that's door what door it actually was. Um, the next big issue, are you happy with the rule that allows players to form a one-on-one strip if teammates have dropped off the tackle?
1: I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think that it um, it means that players have to keep hold of the ball. They need to secure it when they're running with it. I think that it is great see as a tactic. I think it shows... Real smart play by the defensive team. Um, I think that it also allows possession to be a live thing during the game, which hasn't been part of the game too much since they got rid of striking at the play the ball. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm really not fussed either way. I, I just put don't care. Like okay. If it's if it stays, I'm happy. If it doesn't, I just I don't get all the all the discussion about it. To me, it just yeah. seems perfectly fine. Okay. Um, fifty-eight percent of people said yes. Thirty-nine percent said no. Okay. So, um, the next big issue: Would you like to see the introduction of a transfer window? I'm putting. I don't care because I don't.
1: I yeah, think I'm the same.
0: S- I don't care.
1: I think people say we should have a transfer window, and they don't really explain what they mean by that beyond that. Yeah. I don't you know, think that is a, it
0: just sounds trendy. I don't think this is an issue at all, in any sense. Like, the fact we don't have a transfer window means that we have the freest players mm-hmm. in the in world sport because they're not they're not told that they can only talk with other clubs at a certain time. Do it, everyone. They would do anyway. Yeah. So, sixty three percent said yes. They want a transfer window. Um, Unbelievable. The next big issue, what do you think of the length of the Telstra Premiership season? Should you keep it as is? Is it too short? Is it too long?
1: First of all, that's what she said. Um, second of all, I would say I'm more concerned with the girth of the season, but I would say it's a little bit too long. So that's what I would go with. I think that the ideal number is 22 rounds.
0: Yeah, I... um. I went with keep as is, but I think 22 rounds, but you have a few weeks where there's no premiership football, just rep footy in the middle of the year. So it's that's, still the same length of season, but, yeah, 22 premiership rounds. Exactly perfect. That That's exactly how I would have it too. Um, the next big issue, should the number of teams change?
1: Oh yeah, so we've got add teams, add new teams and new locations, relocate existing teams, decrease the number of teams, keep it the
0: way it is. I'm gonna go with add new teams and new locations. Likewise, and I end up getting forty four percent. Um the next was thirty percent was for keep it as is. Um mm-hmm. then twenty three percent said relocate existing teams, which is stupid, and three yep. percent said decrease the number of teams, which is also stupid. Yeah,
1: that's, I mean, that's even more stupid.
0: So, yeah, 3% of morons. Yeah. Um, next big issue. Where should the NRL's next expansion team be based? I am going to go with Perth. Yes, Easy. I went Perth as well. And that got 31%. Nice. Um, second was the Central Coast at 21%. <laughs> There'll be something about that later on in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um and then Brisbane at 10%. It's interesting that they put Brisbane at 10%, and they put Ipswich Logan is there as well with
1: 6%. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Hey, um, P&G, 8%. That's interesting. Central yeah, that's Queensland, 7%. Um, Wellington, 6 Adelaide, Fiji, 4%. Mm, Adelaide and Fiji at the same level. It's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Um, the next big issue. Are Origin matches at neutral venues a good idea? Uh, Yeah, I think they are. So do I. I said, yes, they got 55%. That's great because
1: it wasn't that long ago that the media was pushing a thing of like, why do we even take a game outside of New South Wales and Queensland? So it's good to see that.
0: Yeah. Um, Next big issue. Would you like to see Women's State of Origin expand to a three-game series?
1: Now, here's, here's my answer. My answer is yes, right? But as was pointed out to us or it might have been to me in the tweet or something, the, the players, it, it takes more of a toll on the female players to get up for state of origin. And as quickly as the men do, um, so, because they've just, they're different physiology. Um, so it's not as like, it's not a case of like, Oh yeah, let's just play three state of origins at, Needs to be maybe spread out a little bit more, or they need more time between the games to, to get over the contests. And they're great contests. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. But I've gone
0: yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it
1: can't just be week to week to
0: week. I went 73% with the 73% who said yes as well. Okay. Um, the next big issue who is your favourite TV play by play commentator? I've gone Dan Ganane. Uh, I think
1: he is—he's definitely the best out there for me. Um, and after that, I would go Warren Smith.
0: I went with Andrew Voss, big supporter yep. of the Rugby League Project on Patreon too. Vossie, good mm-hmm. man. Um, and he ended up leading, winning the vote with forty-one percent, with Ray Warren second at thirty-seven uh, percent. Warren Smith came third at nine. Okay. So those Vossi and, and Rabs dominate there. They got seventy percent of the vote. Out in front, yeah. Um the next big issue. What is your mm. favorite NRL show? <laughs> uh, okay. Um Well, I voted for the fan because let's okay. face it, that is everything you need. It's got a bit of it's got a bit of banter, a bit of light humour. Um you get to see Vossi interview a whole heap of current players. Past players, a bit of history, some crazy stuff like memorabilia. It's everything you could ever want. It's all rolled into one half-hour show every week. It's fantastic, and it's snappy. Um, and it puts the game in a positive light as well. I love it. See, I I don't watch the fan. I don't watch the Matty
1: John show. I don't watch the Professor's Late Hit. I've never heard of o, Over the Black Dot. That's on NITV. It's not a bad um, show, that one. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, why don't they call it like un- in in the Goldmouth though? That would be great. Well, um, that's that's for us. Yeah, that's our thing. <laughs> uh, Legal Life, I've seen a little bit. You know, it's not really my sort of show. Controversy Corner, I'd like to shoot into outer space. The Sunday Footy Show used to be good, but I can't stand it now. Hundred percent Footy, I've never seen. Big League rap, I've, I don't think I've seen. NRL teams, I've. oh, no, I haven't seen that. That's on nrl.com. Inside the NRL, I've never seen that. The only one I really watch is NRL 360, and I hate it. <laughs> so what do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm going to go with, I guess, I'm going to go with the League Life because I, I hate that less than the rest of them. And it's oh, not that I hate it. It's just not for me. Go for the fan with Vossi. I've already done it, Andrew.
0: Anyways. You're disappointed in me, aren't you? Yeah, I am. The, the next big issue. Who is the best T V analyst? fuck. <laughs> Who's next?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um the next big issue, who is the best T V analyst? Uh I'm trying to look for his name here. Well is he I there? went I went with Michael Ennis. Okay, um, he got ten percent.
1: I have gone with Billy Slater, I, and my reason is that when he is doing the color commentary, um, I, I think that everybody else in the commentary box kind of lifts their game because he's he's he does exactly what I want. He teaches you about the game with every time he opens his mouth. He he tells you what the attacking team is looking at, what the defensive team is looking at. He talks about tactics. He talks about things that I feel as though a lot of TV producers would say to players, oh, you've got to dumb it down a bit. Um, and he doesn't. He He's really technical with what he talks about. And I think it shows when he is in there with Phil Gould, Gould lifts his game a thousand times to talk about what Billy Slater's talking about, which is great. So, yeah, that's why I went with Billy Slater. Obviously, um, when it comes to analysis, like, you've got to go with other because, you know, I mean, if I was doing
0: TV, it would be me because I'm oh, a yeah. cult commentator. Well, 2% yeah. have voted for LeagueFreak.com. Yeah. I mean, that's what other is, which means that puts yeah. you ahead of Kevin Walters, Break the Naster, Wally Lewis, <laughs> Brett Finch, Brett Kamali, as you should be. Uh, Andrew shit. Johns topped this with 16%, Sterlo with 15 and Matthew Johns is at 11 with Phil Williams. Oh.
1: Matthew oh. Johns says so much shit that's wrong. Can we say that publicly now? Yeah. How much wrong shit is Matthew Johns going to say?
0: Just everyone remember, it was Matthew Johns who pushed hard for Daniel Saifidi to play Origin.
1: Oh, And can you also remember when he said that Nathan Tinkler would be the best thing that's ever happened to the Knights? Mm. yeah oh but, by the way Matthew uh, Andrew Johns right and it's it's not that we're piling on the Johns family it's just you know we're going by these these things these polls like 50% of what Andrew Johns talks about is how he loves players and their haircuts
0: yeah <laughs> oh dear um, I'm just going to move on before I start yeah whinging a lot. Um yeah. <laughs> the next big issue, if you were starting a club, who is the first player you'd sign? Uh
1: oh, this a, now this is a good one because there's all sorts of different like things I would want to know like is if I could get 3 seasons out of um Cameron Smith, I I take him. Other
0: than that, I'm going with Jason Tormalolo. Yeah, I went with Jason Tomlolo as well because I think there's no point in having the world's best backs if you've got a forward pack that can't do its job properly. Yep. And Tomlolo, he's young, he's powerful, he plays a lot of games, he doesn't get injured much. Um, he's brilliant. So I, I had him as well. And surprisingly, he only got 4% of the vote. Um, Tedesco topped it with 22%, Cameron Smith 15 Ponga 10 Tom Trebojevic 9 How could you pick Tom Trabojevic with how injury-prone he is? It's tricky. No doubt he's a fantastic player, but, yeah, those injuries just make it... Yeah Yeah. But they're the big issues. Um, All discussed.
1: Yeah, so overall, what do you think about the fans' opinions in this poll? Um...
0: What I can tell is, a lot of the fans, uh, their opinions are dictated by what the media feeds them. Mm-hmm. I'd
2: That's agree what we that
0: there. Yeah. Although we are starting to see it on a lot of questions there that there is starting to get a bit of separation between that. But on the on the bigger issues, they allow the media to tell them what what to think, especially around referees and and the like. Um. But yeah, yeah, I think that's still a big problem.
1: I agree. And I think, I mean, there's too many of the questions here that make me think that the, the about 30,000 people that answered each of these questions are um, morons, are absolute morons that know nothing about the game, that they just, as you say, they bleat out the same bullshit that the media comes up with. And that, you know, idiots. I hope the NRL doesn't follow this for any for anything, for any guidance. Like, I hope they're looking at this list of answers and just sitting back and saying, well, we've got to ignore the fans because there's too many dumb,
0: dumb, dumb, dumb answers in this poll. The NRL stuffed here. They ignore the fans and Russell will come out and say, oh, the NRL's ignoring the fans. mm that's why the NRL needs good leadership. So it, well, you just need a
1: leader that will come out we don't, saying, we don't well, we're just they,
0: ignoring you, Phil. If we don't know if, they, if the NRL does have good leadership or not. Because if, I, the, I, if this is how the fans behave, they're going to go, oh, we're going to have to dumb down our business to see what the fans want.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. Yep.
1: They ask, we shall receive. Yeah. Oh, man, there's too many stupid answers on this poll. And that's um, what—it's horrifying. Some of the some of the answers.
0: Furthermore, thirty-seven big issue questions, um, and I don't think a single big issue was is actually covered.
1: Yeah, nothing about off-field behaviour. Nothing about should the uh, NRL or should the ARL commission be subject to investigations from the integrity unit. As we see players have to go through, as we see morons on social media that have no connection with the game apparently have to go through. Um, Nothing about should players be stood down if they are, you know, guilty before proven innocent. Um, Nothing about that. You know, trying to think of what else there is. Nothing about the media trashing the game 24 7. Concussions? Concussions,
0: brilliant. the yeah. um, you've got the salary caps and the penalties that they dish out for people who breach it. Um, the next TV rights deal, the broadcasting deal. Yeah, you know, there's so many, so many other things I could have asked. This yeah, is just—it's—it's you know, it's, it's not a fans poll; it's a fluffy poll. It really is. It's like—it's
1: like they—they. It's like they, had somebody put together questions and made them go away and come back and make it um, less offensive until they get to a point where it's like, oh, who's your favourite player in this position?
0: Yeah, which was half the frigging thing. Yeah. It's it's just not good enough. So maybe we should come up with our own players' poll, see how that goes. What do you reckon?
1: We could do that. We could do that through Twitter. We could do that.
0: Uh, no, do it on your on website. website. Yeah. Yeah, do it on your website.
1: Okay. Well, we'll put that together. Let's put that out next week. Um, yeah. We'll we'll do a League Freak NRL or a Forgotten the Freak NRL
0: fans player poll. Yeah. And we'll see have, what people come up with. Have your say on the actual issues, not the fluffy ones. Mm, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting, hey? Yeah. It'll be very good. And we don't have to do whatever the NRL asks because we don't work for them. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, it's it's fantastic.
0: The we don't get paid ref- by them at all. Oh, so the NRL will probably be actually fascinated by the results of our poll because it'll be asking the questions that they actually want answers for. Yeah, and they, they'll be able to see them as well. So it'll be fantastic. Exactly. Um. Right, well, that wraps up a big episode there, looking over the NRL fans poll. Um, it's still active, so if you want to go and vote on it, go to the NRL website. It's in there somewhere. Um, and put your votes in. And any shout-outs?
1: Uh, any shout-out uh, to the legal team,
0: Arabella. She's
1: got some work to do. And uh, shout-out to Nadine. Shout-out to Richard Cranium, Bartram13, The Starting Block. Um, I want to say
0: one also to Carsten Brummer. He's been helping me out with some stats and stuff that I needed from the English games in the last few weeks. Um, Absolute legend. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's awesome.
1: Um, What else? I feel like there was something else that I wanted to mention. Let me have a quick look at my Twitter list. I I can't remember what it was. I'll probably remember it for the next podcast we do in 20 minutes from now. Yeah. Shout out to Oporto. Oporto. We love you, Oporto. Yeah.
0: Call us, get in touch.
1: Yeah, like we're waiting, man. I yeah. keep on turning up there and expecting them to say, hey, do you want to do a sponsorship deal? And I just keep on coming away with delicious Portuguese-style chicken. Yeah.
0: I think at this stage we're giving them everything they need and they do have to pay for it. We need to re- rethink our strategy <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should put it open
1: to all fast food places yeah. um, and see who jumps this-
0: on first. Let's just make a hollow threat and just say, look, if if a porter doesn't jump on board, we're gonna start promoting KFC. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I'm up for that. Okay. Ten chicken nuggets
1: what is it? Twenty four chicken nuggets for ten bucks. Yeah, something like that. I had that last night actually.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Um thanks for in, everyone and we will catch you next time.